be free, I can't breathe. Cause soon as I leave, it's like a trap. I hear you calling me to come back. I'm a sucker for love. Welcome to the Setting the Edge podcast. This is Justice Mosqueda. I'm here with my co-host, Charles McDonald. Uh, our teams are in the NFC Championship game. Yahoo! Let's go. Yeah. Rise up. It's lit. My, my dad's a Falcons fan, and I, I texted him, and I was like, this is for Tremont Williams' ghost. And uh, <laughs> oh he sent me some problematic shit that I cannot repeat on this podcast. <laughs> it's pretty fun. So, like, uh, go Packers? Or what? No, go Falcons. How's, go how's Falcons. it feel Aaron Rodgers being on the same field as the MVP next week? Uh, I mean, that ain't shit. He, he really like, outperformed him last time. Okay. Low-key. Low-key. People forget that. And that was first half Aaron Rodgers, who was trash, apparently, if you listen to all these Falcons fans. So y'all better be worried as fuck. It's a new year. It's a new year? Julio Jones right. was dinged up the first time. We got him back now. All right. All right. Let's play a game. Let's play a game. Uh, if you had to plug in a quarterback – uh, into the Falcon system um, between Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan, who would you pick? Uh, uh, I'll pick the MVP, Matt Ryan. <laughs> You're ruining the game by not playing this right. I put up a fucking Twitter poll and I was like, yo, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, or Aaron Rodgers, who would you pick? And like Matt Ryan's in fucking last place right now. And I'm like looking at it like, how the fuck is this guy going to win the fucking MVP award because of fucking stats? Yeah, that's exactly, I mean, that's it. No one, I mean, no one actually thinks that Matt Ryan is better than Aaron Rodgers. This is the. I'm not going to have this fight. He's going to win the MVP. He's going to win the fucking MVP. So but why, this so is why, like why, this why? is number one thing of. Remember in the first first like remember in the first uh, episode of this where I was like yo I should definitely get a vote for community college like top twenty five rankings because it's the stupidest thing on earth and like sports writers should have less power like this MVP award is like exactly what I think about when I'm like sports writers are the worst humans on earth. They should eviscerate us. I mean, yeah, we're awful, but we're still out here. We're still getting this money, and Matt Ryan's about to be MVP. So I don't know why you just spend – you and Ian just spend all day just arguing with Falcons fans online for no reason when you guys both know he's going to win. We're leading him to the light. We're trying to show everyone closer to the truth so, so this MVP award can reflect reality. But what's the point when he wins in, in like three weeks? It's about changing – it's, cha- it's, about, it's about laying down the foundation for the future. Okay. Look, Christ would be fighting with people with egg avatars about this Aaron Rodgers MVP debate. So that's how I see it, at least. Yeah, your justice is Jesus Christ. You heard it here, folks. In the my dad, my dad, my dad's name Ruben Ruben Jesus. My grandma's Maria Guadalupe. Like, hey, look, listen. <laughs> and that it just skipped skipped the fucking the the religious names just skipped a generation for some reason. Yeah, that holy name did not pass down onto you. You're not even close to that. No, you, you want to know why my parents named me Justice? My parents named me Justice because they they were like, it would be a good name for a football player. I'm like, I'm 5'8". What the hell are you guys thinking? Y'all idiots. My dad blew out his knee twice during championship teams in, in high school. Y'all, y'all are stupid as hell. Bill like MJD. All right, let's uh, – Bill like MJD. <laughs> Should we review yeah, games let's... from the beginning? What's the first one? Seattle, Atlanta? Yeah, that was the first one. Rise up. So we, we called that. Yeah, we did. Basically, Atlanta played to their home averages, and Seattle played to their away averages, and people were shocked at what they looked like. Um, yeah, I mean, we we said last week that Atlanta has been really good at home, uh, outside of that Kansas City game, and Seattle's been really bad on the road. And pick two de- game, and their defense has been really bad without Earl Thomas, and like, yeah. like outside of that first drive when they just kind of pummeled the Falcons down the field, it it was a blowout. I mean, going like with like three minutes left in the fourth quarter it was 36 to 13 Falcons so I mean it, it I mean if you look at the splits and you looked at the trends this is this is what pretty much everyone predicted to happen Let's yeah see. and like we've talked about this before where like Russell Wilson in the playoffs he's beaten two teams and one of them it was against uh he's been two teams on the road in the playoffs in his entire NFL career it was against Minnesota when they won 10 to 9 on a missed field goal attempt in like ne- negative 50,000 degree weather right yeah. and then the other game uh, was against an injured Robert Griffin III, who was a rookie. So y'all aren't going to impress me too much with Russell Wilson on the road. He's Russell Wilson. Like, we, ha- we have this weird mis- mis- like, misperception of who Russell Wilson actually is as a quarterback, and it's like, hmm, 
kind of interesting to me. That's fine. I'll take Russell Wilson on the road against my team. Give me that in the playoffs. Um, was so do we you, learn? Was it you? Was it you or Derek who said Cam and Luck elevate teams? Russ makes your team as good as it can possibly be. I didn't say that, but I'll close on that. That's fine. All right, oh. King Packer, put that on my back too. Oh my god. Um, so do we learn anything in that game at all? Uh. N- Atlanta's offense is really good. Seattle's defense yeah. is actually really bad without Earl Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bennett might be kind of washed up. Dude, pe- people are shocked that, like, missing one piece in that cover three defense is, like, a big deal. Like, we haven't seen Jacksonville's team for the past four years. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, wow, look, this is the first time Earl Thomas has ever gotten hurt in his NFL career. And look how it all goes down the toilet incredibly fast. It's almost like you have to have three dudes who can cover, like, what is it, 53 yards? Yeah. Sideline to sideline while the ball's in the air, and you have to have four guys who can rush the passer by themselves. Yeah. Like, that's, that's very much a scheme that you have to have the horses who can run it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's that's you play to your talent type of scheme. And, I, like, once Seattle, once Seattle dropped Earl Thomas, that was that. I mean, that team almost lost to San Francisco last week of the season. Yeah. they. I mean, they got torched by Carson Palmer uh, at home. They, lo- they almost lost to San Francisco. So, I mean, and even in that uh, wild card game, they were up. 10-6 to six going to the fourth quarter against a pretty bad Detroit team. So I, I, I don't think we really learned anything on uh, on Saturday. It, but we need to talk about Tom Cable getting a head coach interview today with the San yeah. Francisco 49ers. A team, his team just gave up 19 pressures to the Atlanta Falcons that were missing Adrian Claiborne for most of the game. That yeah, didn't have, Vic went out for a bit. Vic went out for a bit. Like Brooks, uh, Brooks Reed got a sack. Yeah, Brooks, I think. Brooks Reed did have a sack. He also... <laughs> Had a couple of hurries. He was in the backfield quite a bit. And don't forget that our backup center playing defensive tackle got yeah. the line to tag I Russell Wilson it. down on the safety. I think that was one dude who, when I was grading him, or like he showed up on something, and I was like, yo, who's this dude? He's like 63 or something? And you're yeah. like, yeah, he's an O-lineman. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, never mind. I guess the Seattle roots run deep, man. It's, it's incredible that Tom Cable is about to finesse – he might finesse the head coach gig if if Atlanta and uh, New England win this weekend, so they can't interview McDaniel's or Shanahan again. I mean, he, just chaos. He just might finesse that job, which is just how how many how many like how many calls are we away from San Francisco calling like Chip Kelly back? I mean, like, you up? You up? You know, I, I don't get why isn't like Scott Linehan getting some head coach looks because he just had an offense with led by two rookies. I have no idea. Kind of, like, they almost beat the Packers today. So, well, like Jerry Jones might outbid you, honestly, because remember, like Jerry Jones got into a bidding war for for uh, Rod Marinelli, like that 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 was like a lateral move that he took from I think it was Tampa, right, something like that, or Chicago, yeah. something. Yeah, I can't remember. It was in Tampa, Chicago. Yeah, and he was flirting with another job, and Jerry was just like, "Eat this paper. You're 65 years old. That's what you want. Is you want more money. You don't want to win games." Yeah. Um, I mean, this worked out for him, but so crap what was i thinking oh tom cable right so like i really do wonder how much that like assistant head coach label matters more than his offensive line coach label like That's if he's really like too. yeah but like I, I don't know what an assistant head coach does i know what a no line coach does and what i'm seeing from seattle is not good because that's that's one thing man you can't we already been over this but you can't make the excuse of this guy doesn't have anything to work with when like you've had to move Justin Britt to three different spots because he didn't work in the first two spots and like Jermaine Effetti is still as bad working with his white ass stance as possible, right? I don't understand that you're playing like a basketball player at left tackle, but it's not like they haven't invested in offensive line before. Also, it's Tom Cable saying that they don't need to invest high picks or high, you know, free agent money in. Yeah, offensive- they keep trusting him. I don't know they why they're trusting they him. I'm trying. I'm trying to like look through his. I'm, I was like looking through. His like uh, his coaching resume. I'm like, man, when's the last time trusting Tom Cable was a smart idea for someone? It's like, so if if he's picking, if he's handpicking his offensive linemen, and they're not developing, he that means he has a terrible eye for talent, and he can't develop <laughs> the talent that he does get. So like, I, I, like, how does that go? How do you parlay that into a head coaching gig? It's fine. It's not like San Francisco has like a a bad track record with like experimenting with players, right? It's not like they've been, th- they've been throwing, like, YOLO balls at, like, injured guys or stuff like that and just kind of been riding them out yeah. using high picks on stuff like that. Nah, they don't yeah. do That's not that franchise. No way. It's not like they just gave Navarro Bowman a giant contract even though he's old, washed, and now injured. It's not like they fired Jim Harbaugh either after their only four relevant seasons in the past 15 years. 
No, it's not. It's not like they didn't blame Chip Kelly for the lack of talent that he had on the offensive side of the ball. And then they're just going to apologize for everything Tom Cable d- did on a Super Bowl team that, like, literally every other spot on the field was cement. Sorry, no. sorry, Forty Niners fans. <laughs> don't hire him, man. Don't don't trust that man. He's already been a head coach in the Bay Area. That's one thing too. It's like I don't understand how the heat from the Bay Area is just not turned all the way up. Yeah, I'm like yeah, we saw we saw this in Oakland. Like, it was the same media market. We've already seen this before. I don't like, if Jeff, Fi- if Jeff Fisher became the head coach of the San, of the San- or I guess the Los Angeles now, right? The Los Angeles Chargers, yeah. right? Like, how do you think that one's playing out? I mean, I would have laughed my ass off, personally. Yeah. I don't know, man. If, like, uh, I don't, at some point, you have to start asking questions, right? And if it's like, yo, we had to fire Chip Kelly because we couldn't get a defensive coordinator and general manager. Uh, maybe your problem is San Francisco and it wasn't Chip Kelly. Yeah. You know? Where it's like, maybe Tom Cable's all you're going to be able to get because it seems like your owner is a crazy person. Like, has, hasn't he come out and been like, yo, like the next head coach and general manager need to respect this ownership better? It's like uh, after Jim Harbaugh already left and is like winning games, significant games in college football, like instantly. Instantly. I mean, it's just, it's just pretty sad what happened. Like, I mean, they got relevant overnight when Jim Harbaugh came, and they fired him, and now they're just right back in the dumpster where they were. Jed yeah. York needs to sell the team. You're not going to do that. No, you can I mean, tell Rich person he needs to do something? No, no way. No way. That's not happening. Not one. No, there's no way. Yeah, someone's going to have to just transcend ownership. People don't understand. Like, I, th- I really do think, like, I do think that there's a reason why, like, uh, I guess I'm trying to think of a fan base that I can call out. Um, and not like get people super butthurt. Like there's a reason that the Lions are the Lions and the Bengals are the Bengals historically. Right. Yeah. And it comes down to ownership. I, I do think that that's something legitimate where you look at teams where like the Giants, the, the Giants, the Ravens, the Packers, the, the Patriots, uh, Steelers, right. Where people talk about like, yeah, this is a slow developing, like legitimate family organization type situation. Right. And I think that really does matter for when teams are looking at short terms, short term yellow balls, basically. Right. And then, like, look, here's a sure thing, but we just have to wait for three years. And I think that that line of thinking, like, legitimately matters. Yeah, I mean, look at the the Bengals. Marvin Lewis has been the head coach there since what, 2003? Well, yeah, that's the thing about the, the thing about the Bengals. I don't think it's so much like, oh, yo, we're gonna pull the cord on it right now. I think it's more like, yo, these people are cheap as hell. Oh yeah, Mike Brown. He, and like, he, that's been, like Steve, Steve Young. Steve Young played in the USFL because the, the Cincinnati Bengals didn't want to pay him, and he, they had the number one pick. Like, it's not like this is a new type of concept. Like, this has been a cheap team for a while. And at some, to some point, I don't necessarily blame him because you listen to guys like Ted Sunquist, right? And, like, Ted Sunquist will tell you um, he worked with the Broncos. And I think he even interviewed for the general manager job with the Tennessee Titans a couple years ago. I've been on phone calls with him a couple times when uh, I used to do stuff for Optimum Scouting. Shouts to Eric Galco. Um, and he's, like, he made a legitimate point that I didn't necessarily realize where he's like, look, you have the salary cap, but you also have to have like the greenbacks to like get this stuff done. So when like Andrew Luck signs for, you know, $120 million, right. And you're going to have $120 million to, to spread over the cap. Um, you still need that bonus money. Like that bonus money is like stuff that you have to give him day one. Like you still have to have the greenbacks to get stuff done. And a guy like Mike Brown, right. Like Mike Brown is a football like he his his job is he owns a football team. You know what I mean? Like he's not an oil tycoon, he's not a real estate tycoon, he's nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. It's one reason why Packers fans always bitch about free agents and they don't understand why this why this stuff happens. And it's like you're owned by a by a team that's owned by or you're you're rooting for a team that's owned by a city, right? And right. it's like <laughs> there's no there's no rich like filthy rich owner to be like, yo, we're gonna go wild and like we're do we're doing this and we're doing that. Like to some extent, it is like Ted Thompson trying to play games and being like, "Look, we're going after street free agents because they don't affect our comp- compensatory picks and things like that." Um, but it, there's legitimacy to like greenbacks, and that was something that I didn't necessarily realize until I was on the phone with Sunquist. Hmm. Very interesting. And All right, so should we go next game? Yeah, let's move on to the Patriots yeah. and the Texans. I just realized how far off topic we were, and I was like, "That oh, was that was like, you. That wasn't me. I, I was <laughs> I was waiting for you to get that little spiel over." But let's Sorry. move on. It happens. All right, so we got what was it? Oh, Houston, uh, uh, Houston and uh, New England future future uh, New England Patriots receiver Brock Osweiler. He oh, lost a football game. God. Brock Osweiler, who has more playoff wins than Dak Prescott. 
Come on, let relax. Sit. Come on, don't don't let that sit. Let's not let's not start there. All right, I mean, uh, New England covered. Yeah, because of course New England covered. I mean, what is there to say about this game? Like Brock Osweiler's terrible. Nothing. Clowney's good. Clowney and Merciless good. are good, and everyone else is not so good. Yeah, I mean that front that that Texas front seven is going to be pretty nasty. Like DJ Reader is a beast too. Uh, so I, I, we were, I was having, the, I were, was it in our group chat? I can't remember, but we were having a conversation of who, like, of young pass rushers, who would you take? And I think when we came up with like the top four, it was like Khalil Mack, uh, Vic Beasley, and then uh, Jadavian Clowney, and then like, or like f- four pass rushers who you who would want on your team to build for the future. And the top five were like Mack, Beasley, uh, Clowney, Watt, and Von Miller. Right, and the fact that Houston has two of those, and one of those isn't even on the field right now, yeah. that's kind of scary. And like we, we talk about teams that are just a quarterback away, but I really do think that the Texans are a quarterback. Just like like I think if the, they, pro- the problem is Brock can't like that contract is like you you know how he entered the season and it was like yo hey Colin Kaepernick can't play because like they don't want to get him injured and they don't want to have to like. They, they don't want to have to pay that, like, injuries. Basically, they don't want to get hosed like how the Buffalo Bills might get hosed with uh, Tyrod Taylor right now, right? Like, guy. that's that might be what we're entering this season with in terms of the conversation around Brock Osweiler. Where it's like, yeah, he's going to make all this money, but we're going to have him sit on the bench because we don't want to have to pay him in 2018. And we know that we, – we know he's not our quarterback. Yeah, I mean – anybody who – if you, like, really sat down and watched those, those Broncos games last year when uh, – when he came in for Peyton Manning, you could tell he wasn't any good. Like, it, it, it wasn't an investment that made any sense at the time, and it looks even worse than it does now. Because, I mean, I, I honestly think if the Texans had even an average quarterback, I, I think they could have won that game last on, on Saturday. Because, you know, Brady wasn't really on his best game. Uh, you know, they had some they had some uh, open shots down the field that Osweiler they, was They threw, like, a lot of jump balls, honestly. Yeah, they did. And, like, Houston's corners were just kind of lost, which is kind of surprising because Houston's corners have been kind of good all season. But it was like they were like lobs too. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it was like, like the one like Edelman those corners could have made plays. The one to Edelman in the middle field that Bowie just kind of lost track of, and I think there's another yeah. one. There's another one on the sideline too. And you know, and then Osweiler comes back in the second half and just those three abysmal picks, and you know that was that was kind of night night for them. So. I just think if they can get an average guy, that's that's a team that can get to like maybe the AFC Championship game. But whew, Brock is just he he you, you gave all that mo- you gave thirty seven million dollars guaranteed to a, like a bottom two quarterback in the league. You played yourself. Congrats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I mean, this whole Kirk Cousins thing is gonna get really interesting because they can franchise tag him a second time, right? Like the Redskins can franchise tag him a second time, but I don't. Like, really I think cousin. Like, do you really want to pay if, Kirk Cousins? If, all jo- if Josh Norman started bitching about getting franchise tag, Kirk Cousins is gonna freak freak out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's gonna be able to point across the locker room and be like, "Look." But you know I, what I mean? I, I mean, are you trying to give long term money to Kirk Cousins though? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. You don't even know what that dude looks like without Deshaun Jackson. He's, yeah. And jo- you don't know that. You don't know long term health of Jordan Reed. And you just drafted a first-round receiver in Josh Doxson, who you don't know like what he's going to look like. And I think Pierre Garçon's going to be a free agent too. Yeah. So it's like there's a lot of moving parts there. And I could, like you're like I don't know what Kirk Cousins looks like without these parts that might be gone, but I know he's not the parts the part that's making this whole thing move. Like he's not that yeah. gear that makes this whole thing turn. So yeah. I mean, you got maybe you can you can argue Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the game right now. Uh, right. You've, you've got a solid running game. I mean, that receiving core. Crowder, Reed, Jackson, Garcon, a lot of quarterbacks would kill to have that. And they're they, they're really good in between the 20s, but once they get to the red zone, it all just kind of shuts down. And I, I, just, I just don't know if you want to pay a guy all that money. But, I mean, franchising him again is, like, un-American, so I, I don't really know how you, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know how you go about that either. So maybe you just let him walk and draft a guy in the first round, but they're no right. They're no look. That's what there. I that's what I did in my fir- first mock for uh, Bleacher Report. No one wants to hear about this, but go go read that. Um, you can find it. Uh, <clears throat> but I gave him Mitch Trubisky, and like people were mad, and they were like, "Well, if we saved like twenty million dollars over four years, like 
that might not be the worst move possible. You know for, what I mean? Yeah, like, for like the same level of quarterback play. Yeah, you know what I mean? So it's like at some point you have to look at draft picks as valuable, not necessarily in terms of talent, but in like talent replacement and being like, look, that's $20 million we can go spend on free agents. Yep. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, I, th- I think I let him walk and go take a quarterback in the first round. Or maybe even see what Tony Romo's up to. Unless, but I, I mean, it's not like Dallas. Dude, I don't know. Nah. I think, I still think Tony Romo's going to be starting for Dallas next year. How can you, you watch today's that, game? Because that contract, huh? You watch today's game. How, how can you even say that? Jack almost threw like five picks. So? I mean, he still came back. And All right. Get, so, yeah. So, no, nah, I forget. I forget. You're a Falcons fan. Interceptions don't matter, and like being being incredibly efficient that way doesn't matter. My bad. Okay. I'm sorry about that. Okay. Aaron Rodgers has more touchdowns and fewer turnovers than any other player in NFL history, other than Aaron Rodgers last time he won the MVP award. How, how do how do how do we get back here? Like, how do we? Start Everything comes back to this. That's what I'm saying. Every fiber of my being tells me Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Like everything that I know about football, right. and my life revolves around football. Who cares? All right. Uh, no, I don't think – just if you look at – just look at – I mean people have talked about this before. Tony Roman's contract doesn't make sense, and I don't think Tony Roman's going to throw money on the board uh, – like on the table to so he can go and like risk it with another team. Um, if I, anything – honestly, Jerry Jones, man. Jerry Jones is going to love having this quarterback circus for the next eight months. But I, I just – like if, if they were planning on bringing Romo back next year, why wouldn't they have just played him this year when – Got well, that's a, that's the whole thing about like yo we can't really open up and have like a quarterback battle you know what i mean it's like Why we not? got a team i mean you could have had one entering like it would have been the bye week right uh yeah but he still wasn't it would have been no i mean like last week oh oh yeah yeah like it would it would have been last week if you, that that's really the only time that you could have had like a legitimate quarterback battle but i mean it's too late at that point though Right? Yeah, you kind of got to roll with it unless you're like Denver last year who was like, screw it, we're, we're playing Peyton. Yeah. Like, I don't think we talk about that enough, that they like straight pulled the plug on Brock Osweiler with like a week to go in the season. They're like, yeah, we're riding with Peyton in the playoffs, even though he led the NFL in interceptions with like 20. Yeah, and he played, he barely, he played like half the season. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I just don't, I, I don't see a way that it, it makes sense to, to bring Tony Romo back next year. Like, are you what? Are you gonna trade Dak Prescott? You can't trade Rome. Like, the money doesn't work out. I know, I know. It's the same I, thing with the Osweiler thing. I think he can like get... it's the same thing where it's like, I mean, what are you gonna? You're gonna have to like, if Tony Rome, like, it might be a situation where if Tony, if Tony Romo's not the starter in Dallas, he's the backup in Dallas. Like, it's very like I can't figure out how the hell he's getting out of there. I think he, I think you can get someone to bite on it. I think somebody, like there, there, there's a team out there that would bite on that contract. I don't I don't know because the thing is so if Denver was having legitimate conversations about Colin Kaepernick right where they were flying him I mean he was like taking flights to Denver and stuff when they knew he had that contract right yeah uh, I mean you gotta assume that they're gonna flirt with Tony Romo of course yeah but if Tyrod's on the market I don't know man Tyrod's good money as far as I'm concerned I'd rather sign Tyrod as a free agent than have to like do some weird contract finagling and like eating cash to trade picks for Tony Romo. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. All right, well, uh, speaking of Tony Romo and the Cowboys, let's move on to the next game, Packers-Cowboys. Yeah, man, a moment of silence for Cowboys fans. This is real unfortunate. The good thing is, like, the Cavs season just started, and, like, the Cubs season is coming up. Oh, so y'all, y'all y'all, about to catch up. Y'all about to catch up with your favorite teams. <laughs> for good money. Yeah. Also, Cowboys fans, y'all are low-key Raiders fans. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't get the same rep as Raiders fans do, but y'all are low key Raiders fans because I, I saw like fifteen different fights on my timeline after that game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Cowboys Twitter was ablaze after that game. That, I saw that, a dude run through funny. a TV like, oh yeah, y'all are just dumb. I don't even understand. But I mean, Aaron, I thought I thought Dak was going to pull it out at the end. I was really rooting for it because I just think Dak Prescott's dope as hell. But I mean, Rogers just hit the god switch on that last dude. Time. Like, D- Dallas didn't figure out that, like, yo, hey, we can run all over this Packers defense until, like, the second half. Yeah. And that's, like, how literally – that's, like, how – if you watch, like, the Seattle like the Seattle meltdown a couple years ago in the NFC Championship game, that's exactly how Green Bay loses. Like, D- Dallas was 
like Dallas was a missed field goal and figuring out in overtime, hey, we can run the read option all over this fucking Dom Capers defense away from having the exact same game as as the NFC Championship game a couple a uh, few years ago. Yeah, and uh, I I just don't know how you. Yeah, you got down a little bit early, but how how do you not give Zeke like 30, 35 runs in that game? Yeah, I, Especially I, like were you looking at my timeline when I was telling people about like their like twenty one and twelve personnel and like how Green Bay legitimately does not get out of nickel and like the whole first drive it was just like two tight ends and running back and then Green Bay is like yep still got four dudes on the line of scrimmage like okay yeah have fun like <laughs> they were running nickel the entire time and. Like that, it was weird because they they had that issue, and then Dallas didn't want to send any pressure at all, even though they don't really have any. Like I think uh, Malik Collins doesn't lead the team in sacks anymore, but he was until like the last week. It's like him and Benson Mayawa are the two leading sack sack artists on Dallas's team, and their only comeback to that was, "Hey, we're gonna send a slot blitz." Yeah, Ezekiel had twenty two carries for one hundred twenty five yards. Feed the beast, dude. Feed the beast. Yeah, I just I, – I think Scott Linehan kind of let the game get away from him in the first half. I, I thought the second half he called was really, really good, especially since it was more Zeke-centric, and I thought Dak played a nice second half. But once Aaron Rodgers decides he's going to win the game, there's just not much you can do. Did you see that, Robert, went, did you see that Robert Klemko tweet? About Cobb? Yeah. And Cobb how Cobb, Cobb was like, yeah. Yeah, Rodgers just kind of like Aaron just kind of came up to us and was like, "Yeah, run this route, run this route, run this route, and run this route." And we're like, "That's not a play." He's like, "Yep, I know." And then he went to Jared, and that was that. Yeah, I, I have it. Uh, I, I have it uh, pulled up. So Robert Klemko tweeted, "Cobb said the final play was not an actual play call. Rodgers just told each receiver what to do, like a kid drawn in the dirt." Seriously, I said to Cobb, "That's ridiculous." Cobb said, "It's magic." <laughs> like there, there were uh, I think it started on the Simmons podcast where he was saying that he him and Lombardi were talking and I can't remember which one of them said it but one of them was basically like hey I've heard rumors that like Aaron Rodgers basically calls his own plays on third down and there's no doubt in my mind that that's absolutely true yeah like I think Mike McCarthy has the keys first and second and then it's Aaron Rodgers ISO hero ball yeah I mean I mean that that throw was just unbelievable I I, I thought for sure I Jared- thought it was out of bounds I, I didn't think it was out of bounds. I just didn't think Jared Cook would catch it because he drops passes all the time. <laughs> yeah, that one that hit him in the face. Yeah, and then to, like, see, him, to <laughs> see him reel that one in, that was that was spectacular. Rodgers was missing on some passes too. Like, don't get me like Rodgers. Like, this was not Rodgers had some peaks in this game, but he had some of some of the worst valleys in this game that I'd oh, yeah. seen that I'd seen like in this season. Like a lot of people think like Rodgers had a legitimately bad first half of the season when he didn't, he had a really bad fucking game against the, the, the Minnesota Vikings. And that was like a nationally televised game early on. So people just kind of think that's who he was when that's not necessarily who he was, but he had the same type of like Valley. Like he missed guys down the sideline probably three or four times. Yeah. He, like, I remember Devontae Adams was open a few times down the sideline. He just overthrew him. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you know how like uh, when you see basketball players kind of get hot like when they when they start hitting those threes and you know they'll shoot a, they'll shoot a ball like where they just barely touch the ball and they get let it just flick off their flick off their fingers like that. That's how Aaron yep. Rodgers kind of teaches that throws that uh that deep ball where he sees it and he's just like you know I've hit this so many times before I'm just gonna kind of get a little bit careless with it and just fling it off my fingers. And I I think we saw a few of those sail sail on him today and. If they're, yeah. if they're going to keep pace with Atlanta next week, I think he, he's going to have to be a little bit more under control than he was today. Dude, one of the funniest things – so you're talking about deep balls, right? One of the funniest things that I thought – so uh, our, one of the dudes who writes for Cheesehead TV, uh, Corey, was down in Houston – or in Dallas for this game, right? And he was like, man, it's like 20 to 1 ratio in terms of Cowboys-Packers fans. When people used to think of AT&T Stadium as like a visitor stadium, almost like what well, we, we talked about this before, like San Diego, right? Um, and how that's changed. I talked about that, I think, last week. Um, <clears throat> but he like he was like, oh, he like sent it off another tweet and was like, yo, so the radio says it's like 30 to 1 ratio basically right now. So like this place is about to get loud. And like the first thing that came to my mind, right, was like, all right, if you have to go to silent count, then you can't really get Dallas offsides, right? Like that's right. that's not something that you can do. Um, and like the first tr- – like the second play of the game, he got Dallas offsides. And then like he had that he had that long-ass touchdown drive where he got him off twice. And I was like, all right. Like th- this Dallas crowd isn't even like affecting Rodgers and this team, like how they would affect most teams. Yeah. Uh, 
the dude's incredible. I, just, I don't really – there's not much else to say. Like that, that, that throw to Jared Cook, right? I want to say Devontae was out on that play. Uh, I want to say De- – was he still out? I, I can't even remember know, if he, he was he in for the end of the game. He, came he was back. injured for – He came back. Oh, did he come back? All right, yeah. never mind. Because I was going to say, I was like, look, there was a part of – I think what Devontae's second in touchdown receptions or third? I can't remember if he's second or third. But like Jordy's out, he's first in touchdown receptions this year, and Devontae's top three. Um, and the fact that both of those guys were out and Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball and that like people weren't even like really phased by that is kind of like impressive. Like receiving touchdowns, receiving touchdowns mean less to me because I've had to deal with Aaron Rodgers where he he'll just have a year where he'll he'll just go to James Jones. You know what I mean? It was like, oh yeah, James Jones is just getting all the touchdowns this year. I'm like, oh, that's that's a made up statistic. Like that, I mean, I I know it has value, but it's like, who's a damn Levitar that talks about like rolling out, uh, what is it, like shopping carts? Oh yeah. Like I think yeah. like, yeah, like Aaron Rodgers could throw a fucking touchdown to a shopping cart. Yeah, I mean, he he, he I mean, James Jones has James Jones led the league in receiving touchdowns before. Yeah. Like yeah. James Jones didn't have a bad James Jones didn't have a bad last season when he was with Green Bay. Like after after he was cut. By Oakland, I want to say, right? And yeah, then they were like, yo, everyone got hurt. And then, like, James Jones had, like, an 11, 11 touchdown reception season or something like that. Yeah. I'm, I mean, Rodgers is just a machine. It's a shame he's not going to win MVP this year, though. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's fine. I, I can't even get – I'm trying – I'm super trying to, like, not get emotionally invested in this game because I'm going to be on a fucking flight to uh, Chicago oh, so I, mean, I can go down to Mobile been, during been, the fucking game. You've been tweeting about – Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan MVP for about a month now. So I'm setting it up so my followers can carry me on. Okay. Um, all right. Let's move on to this last game: Kansas City at or Kansas City versus the Steelers. Pittsburgh. Don Terry Poe, don't go back to Memphis. Yeah. Akeem Talib is waiting for you. Ugh. I mean, Alex Smith. When when does this end? You know, we do this every year, where the Chiefs they look like they can be a team. Like the Chiefs are so weird because you expect them to win like eleven to thirteen games a year, but you would be stunned if they made it to the Super Bowl, and it's because of Alex Smith. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing about it is like, I think it's a lot easier to win in the NFC where like they're they're like the the quarterback battles are more even, right? Where it's like guys like Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson and like those those are guys who have like lost like. In the, in the recent weeks, right? Yeah. Where, like, in the AFC, I, I, I tweeted this out because I looked it up, and it was like, other other than Joe Flacco one season, since 2003, everyone who's won the – the quarterbacks who have won the AFC are Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, and Peyton Manning. And Peyton Manning retired last last uh, this past offseason, and now it's Tom Brady – or it's, yeah, it's Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger going head-to-head in the AFC championship game. Like, very predictable. Like th- these, those are like the only half decent quarterbacks in the AFC, and those are the guys who go against each other. Yeah, I mean, who were the quarterbacks that were in the AFC playoffs this year? So we had Brock Osweiler, Connor Cook, Connor Cook, Matt Moore, yep, and Alex Smith. So I mean, to see at the end of the day, to see Brady and Big Ben standing alone is not really that surprising. And Kansas City, Kansas City kept it close until the end. Like yeah, the way, did. the way they, because they they got it to a spot where basically. If they would have stopped Pittsburgh coming out of that two-minute warning, a punt probably would have gotten to, like, the 50-yard line or something like that. And they would have had basically two minutes to run. Um, or Actually, it's probably, like, a minute and a half after they after Pittsburgh would have killed that time. Which, I mean, a minute and a half, 50 yards, you still got Alex Smith at quarterback. So, man, I mean, I think the, the funniest thing was we're in a group chat with uh, – we're in a group chat with our friends, Boney Romo, who's a, who's a pass fan. And Anthony Chiato, who's a, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and uh, Nate, our friend, who's a Kansas City fan, was in there, and they they made the two point conversion, right? And he just yes, and then the flag got called, and he's just no, 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 and then he's like, Alex Smith has to make a twelve yard pass, man. We just lost a football game. Yep, and that's exactly what <laughs> happened. <laughs> like, damn, that's because when he said that, it was like, yeah, Alex Smith has to make a twelve yard pass. I'm like, that's it. I feel like I see this every Sunday. And every single time it turns out poorly. I mean, dude, Alex Smith threw, I want to say 13 touchdowns, yeah, 15 touchdowns on the season. I mean, you got Travis, you got Travis, Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, Jeremy Macklin, Spencer Ware, 13, 15 touchdowns in 16 games. That's, that's just, that's unacceptable. 
And like, when, well, I think when do you Kansas City's going to start flirting with a quarterback. They have soon. to. They have to. Because we heard about because then look teams. Here's one thing that you can learn about. <clears throat> you can't really listen to rumors about draft stuff, right? Because everyone everyone fucking lies. But you can tell by what teams do exactly what the hell is happening. Because teams will know teams will be on phones with guys in the first round, like before their pick is up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if you're on the phone with someone, like, that was the whole Willis McGahee thing, right? Is they have Willis McGahee on the phone, and then someone's like, yo, Willis McGahee's about to get off the board. We have to go trade up and get him, right? Yeah. So, um, like, Denver trading up and getting past Kansas City to go pick Paxton Lynch last year, I don't, I don't think that was by accident. No. And I don't I, think that was by accident at all. And in a quarterback class where we see, what is it, six underclassmen declare early, yeah, I want to say? Yep. So we have Watson, Kaiser, Mahomes. Trubisky, Gerard Evans. Am I missing anybody? That's five. Uh, that might be it. It might just be five then. Okay. But, I mean, still. Yeah, but still five. So still five underclassmen declaring. And all of those, I think we would even, we'd probably throw in Mahomes in there. Like there, there's still a legitimate chance of Mahomes going in the first round, right? Oh, yeah. Um, every, everyone other than Evans, I think, has a legitimate chance of going in the first round. Like Kansas City might get a quarterback this year. I mean, I, I, I think it's time. You, you got to move on from this Alex Smith experience. It, it's good for the regular season, but like you said before, the AFC has a lot of awful quarterbacks, and once you hit the Titans in the in the playoffs, you're just not you're not going to beat them ever. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let, let's preview Championship Weekend. We only got two games. Let's do it. What What are the spreads? First game up is uh, our beloved Packers and Falcons facing off. <clears throat> Nice. Uh, so this is a four and a half point line from what I've seen. Uh, Odd Sharks is not updated. Sue them. Uh, but I've seen stuff on Twitter and they all have uh, four and a half point lines. Yeah. Uh, so, I, yes, Atlanta's favored by four and a half points. And I've seen the over, I've seen the uh, total set at 58.5. And also, <laughs> yeah. I've also so seen for, re- for reference, it 62. It's 62? No, it's 60, like 60 as well. Oh, okay. So I've seen it at 58.5 and 50. Yeah, so for reference, like, what was it? The Seattle, the Seattle Falcons game when we knew Seattle was hurt on defense. That was like a 58-point line or something like that, right? Yeah. And, like, lines usually hover around 48. So you're getting, like, you're getting, like, two touchdowns extra on top of whatever you think an average NFL game is, basically, in this game. Um, and I, I don't think they're wrong. Because the Packers are bad on the defensive side of the ball, but so are the like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I think I think there's a bigger difference. Like, I think there's a bigger difference in the Packers' defense and the Falcons' defense than there is in their offenses. You think so? Yeah, this Packers' defense is fucking horrible. Yeah, I mean, so is the Falcons' defense too. And they just lost Claiborne for the remainder of the playoffs. Yeah, I did see that, and I think that is going to be significant because I don't know. <clears throat> other than Dwight Freeney, there's really not another – because they already lost Derek Shelby too, right? Yeah. So other than Dwight Freeney, like I don't know who is going to be a massive pass rusher on that team. And Dwight Freeney is on limited snaps for a reason. So it's going to be have to be like Brooks Reed is going to be end up starting. And then like Vic Beasley's like you're going to have to play him as a full-time D-end instead of flipping him and playing him in that little hybrid role, right? Yeah. So – uh, ugh, I don't know. I remember um, last time Claiborne had a huge game versus the Packers. Last time he had two sacks and a, a few hits and hurries. So, this, I mean, having him out for this game is is pretty big. But I think at the end of the even if he was in, it still comes down to the offense is just kind of you know trading blows with each other because I, I think this is going to be a pretty big shootout. Bro, like last time <clears throat> I don't think you understand how thin Green Bay is at corner. So Demarius Randall's been injured, he's been dinged up, and he's like not playing very well, right? Quinton Rollins was out in this game. Ladarius Gunter got banged up for a sec. Uh, Morgan Burnett at strong safety got hurt, so Kenshaw Bryce had to end up coming in and playing some. Um, the other DBs on their bench, other than like Mika Hyde, who plays like a very specific role, and they never move him out of it, are guys named Marwin Evans, Josh Hawkins, and Herb Waters, Fake who are. Yeah, they are all uh, they are all rookie free agents. Um, Herb Waters, uh, according to our lads, right, our lads' depth chart was number sixteen. Uh, he's the guy who got moved up from the practice squad a couple weeks ago, and it was actually a receiver at the University of Miami, and just converted to cornerback. Oh my god! 
like we're this close. Like I, I got closer to starting for the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl like th- this Sunday. <laughs> and it wasn't because they won a fucking game. It was because these cornerbacks are playing so horribly. Yeah, and th- I mean, last time, you know, Julio had one of his his decoy games where, you know, he's going to draw double coverage, but no, he, like he knows he's not seeing the ball because he's kind of dinged up. But he's well, still- what's it, Taylor Gabriel? Like that, that's the one play that everyone points to, right? When you talk about Matthew, when you talk Matthew, who you went real formal there, uh, Matt Stafford. When we talk about Matt Stafford being MVP, and I'm like, yo, I test, I test, I test, right? And uh, people are like, look, Taylor Gabriel, that Taylor Gabriel touchdown where he threw it perfect to him because they were in man-to-man coverage and Ladarius Gunter runs a 4-7. You said Matt Stafford when you met Matt Ryan. Did I say Matt Stafford? You did say Matt Stafford. I said Matthew and then correct. I'm, I'm a mess, man. Yeah. I'm an emotional wreck. You're this game, this game is already? torn on me. I'm wild shook, man. I can't I can't do this. My dad's a Falcons fan. I can't I can't live with this monster. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think with, with how decimated – Packers secondary is and you know Atlanta's they've scored uh over 35 points in their last five games apiece so uh I I I think this could be I think it's gonna be a shootout but I think Atlanta kind of I think they're able to hold on the end um yeah that the spread is especially when when Green Bay's out when Green Bay's out Jordy and like Devontae might not be totally there right yeah you think Jordy's gonna miss the game Bro, okay. I, I mean, yeah, there were rumors years. that like there were rumors that Jordy Nelson was gonna have to wear a Kevlar vest to suit up against the the, the, the Dallas Cowboys, and like I don't, I don't know how much I believe in that, right? Um, but they were like, there's a zero percent chance Jordy's playing this week, and like he might be able to play next week, but we're trying to get him healthy, so in case of a Super Bowl run, he might be ready for Super Bowl week. Jeez. Kevlar I mean, he took, a, he took a helmet to the rib cage, didn't he? Like he broke like two ribs or something like that. So. Yeah, yeah, he did. That shit hurts. So, what, what do you like for the spread this week? I kind of like, I kind of like, I kind of uh, like Atlanta. I think like, I, I know, I, I know we're team, we're team, uh, we're team. Uh, take the, take the points in the shootout, right? But like, if like all Green Bay has to throw to is like Jared Cook, like I mean, at some point, Aaron Rod, Aaron Rodgers can't do everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Even that, in the second half, the second half of this Dallas game, we saw that. And uh, I think besides um, Adrian Claiborne being out and Shelley being out, but he's been out pretty much the whole season. Atlanta yeah. doesn't have any injuries. Uh, so, I mean, you've got Claiborne, Shelby, and Trufant, but they've been missing those guys for most of the season. And the, there's no injuries on offense. Everyone looks healthy there. So I think, I think Atlanta should probably be able to score at will. Uh, I, I just – uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Packers can keep up. So I, I like the Packers. I mean, I like the Falcons minus 4.5, and I definitely like the over this week at uh, 58.5. Yeah, and Green Bay's left tackle, David Bakhtiari, got hurt in this game. And I don't remember what he looked like, like from like an evaluation standpoint, right, um, after he came back from that injury. And that's something that I'll probably look into this week. But if he's dinged up, right, like pass rush isn't a thing. It's not like It's not like the offensive line, and it's not like – the secondary where it's like you're only as strong as your weakest link type situation, right? Because if one dude gets pressure, one dude gets pressure, and that's what matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if four dudes get pressure, it's still the quarterback getting pressured. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't – you don't get four sacks on one play. You get one sack. Um, and like if David Bakhtiari is getting his ass kicked by like Vic Beasley or something like that, or if they have to like add an extra tight end and then like uh, Jared Cook can't go deep and then just ends up becoming like – it be, it ends up becoming early Packers football, Right. Where it's like Randall Cobb running, running like man beaters, and it's like I hope he gets open, and if not, we're fucked, you know. <laughs> so it's like, so if, if that ends up becoming the game plan, then like Green Bay scores like seven points. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be a fun game though. Uh, and the next game we have the Steelers traveling to New England for the AFC Championship yep. game. What's the spread? Have we that? have we have we ever seen Ben Roethlisberger like win in Pittsburgh or in uh, New England? Because I feel like this happens every year, and and Brady comes out with W every single time. I don't know, but I, I I don't know. This year just feels different. I don't I don't know if you know this this is like you know you've seen football outsiders kind of talk about how this is the year of no great teams, and when you watch that Patriots game on Saturday, that that's not a scary football team, you know? Yeah. If, if Brock Oswald, but they're they're able to sustain shit, man. Yeah, like they're they're able to have like clowny clowny and merciless go off, and they're like still like yeah, we're not even worried. Yeah, okay, but we won 
three scores. That ben, Big Ben's not throwing those picks that Osweiler threw. You know, he, he's he's not going to go that off the rails like like Osweiler. I guess. I mean, you wouldn't say that Brady would throw those picks, but Brady matched his, his regular season interception total in one game. Yeah. Like, shit happens, man. It's the playoffs. Shit gets weird. What's the uh, spread on this game? Do you have it up? Yeah, it's four and a half. Well, They're both Patriots. four and a half. Okay. Yep. At least, at least for now, it's four and a half. I'm sure these lines will swing a bunch. Like I know, um, what was it? The Atlanta line got up to six yeah. at game time. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. Like, pro gamblers were very much like, "Yo, fuck, see, yo, they believe in the Seahawks. This, this shit's fucking hilarious." I don't know. That was a mistake. But you know, I, I kind of like the Steelers to cover and win this week. Mm. Am I, am I, is that crazy? Mm. Oh man, I trust Belichick. All right. Okay. Yeah, I do too. But at the same time, here's a list of quarterbacks that the Patriots have uh, played and beaten this year. So you've got Carson Palmer, Ryan Tannehill, Brock Osweiler, Tyrod Taylor once. They lost him the other time. Uh, Josh McCown, Andy Dalton, Landry Jones, Colin Kaepernick, Bryce Petty, uh, Jared Goff, Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then Matt Moore. They lost to uh, Tyra Taylor once, and they lost to Russell Wilson the other time at home. Yeah, This isn't really like a, a battle-tested team, you know? So last time when they played the Steelers, it wasn't – like you knew they weren't going to win the game because Big Ben was hurt and they were playing Landry Jones, but it was still a little bit closer than you would probably like it to be if you're a Patriots mm-hmm. fan. So now you you have Big Ben. He'll be back. Uh I mean, when you got Big Ben, Le'Veon doing his thing, and uh, Antonio Brown, they can light up any defense. And I, I just don't know if this defense is actually as good as you know the, the the numbers say, or are they kind of a beneficiary of playing a bunch of weak offenses this year? I think you can say the same thing about Pittsburgh too, though. No, because <clears throat> Pittsburgh is like, hey, this team's massively improved on defense, and I'm like, I can't really think of anyone who's really emerged on that defense other than like maybe Bud Dupree. Uh, I think, I think Sean Davis has had a really strong, you know, back half of season. But even then, yeah, you're right. The, the Steelers did get lucky because they played Scott Tolzien on that uh, Thanksgiving Day game. Um, <laughs> Instead of luck, yeah. Yeah, I, these are yeah these are two defenses where I just don't know if they're actually if they if they if actually right. <laughs> and the one thing that you could say about about New England, right, is that they'll be able they'll dink and dunk you from a. Not from a talent perspective, but from like an X and O's, right? Where they're yeah. like, we're just going to line up and play, and we're fine with getting four yards of play. And we're just four yards of play you all the way down to the goal line. And then look at Blunt, who leads the NFL in, in rushing touchdowns. We'll just punch it in. And now they're using Deion Lewis in that. Like, they lined up Deion Lewis this week as like their their tailback at the goal line. And I'm like, man, that dude is 5'6". Like, he's basically Darren Sproles. And like, I don't know. That's different. People don't, people don't talk about how different that team looks with with the aspect of Deion Lewis in the backfield. Because when Deion Lewis was – when the Patriots offense was really going in 2015, it was because Deion Lewis was, like, able to help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this is tough. I, also, I, I have to I have to correct myself on being like, hey, I feel like the Steelers go into New England and lose all the time in the playoffs. Um, they've never played the Patriots in New England in the playoffs ever one time in Ben Roethlisberger's entire career. Okay. They've played that one time in Ben Roethlisberger's entire career, and it was in 2004. All right, so I mean that doesn't even really. Count. I was wrong. Yeah, I was. I was incredibly wrong. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, that's what we like to. do I don't here. know, man. I'm going. I'm rolling with New England because even like last week, right? Like last week was the one week where I was like, mm, maybe I should go against New England in the point spread in the playoffs because 17 points is a lot of points. And then lo and behold, Brock Osweiler, lo and behold, happened. Brock Osweiler happened, and New England gets it at the very end. Like What's they they kicked a field goal for it. Yeah, they did. They did. What's what's the uh, what's the point total in this game? Uh, uh, you're asking me questions that I don't have answers to right now. Okay. Uh, I I mean, I, I like Pittsburgh to cover this game, and whatever the over is, I like that too because I, I think both offenses are gonna kind of go off a little bit. Um, so yeah, so we both like Atlanta. Uh, so the total is fifty-two. Fifty-two. Yeah, I, I kind of like the over on that one. Tom Brady is five and two in head-to-head matchups with Ben Roethlisberger. 
well, any given Sunday, right? So any given Sunday. Uh, yeah. So we're both on the Atlanta minus four point five against the Packers, and I like the Steelers plus four point five. Justice likes the Patriots. Give me the pass, man. I've seen this story too many fucking times where I doubt the Patriots, and the Bill Belichick reminds me that he's the best coach ever in terms of who you want to put money on in the NFL and gambling. All right. Uh, well, our guest for our uh, yeah, guest, Sully died. Yeah, Sully's Sully. a Chiefs fan. <laughs> Sully's a Chiefs fan, and I think his exact response when we were like, "Yo, are you good to go?" And he, he says, was like, "I died." Yeah. No, I died. No, I died. Yes. <laughs> his I just clicked the I clicked our group chat in our our Twitter DMs, and his avatar is a like the red circle with a cross across the middle, and it's uh, Alex Smith's face oh, on the God. inside of it. It's just so funny because he had that rant like two years ago about how Alex Smith is actually good because the Chiefs defense is good. I was like, dude, no, 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 that's not how this works. You know what? You know what's good for an offense is a good quarterback. I agree. Right, <laughs> so uh, let, let's move into these questions. We uh, we'll go with uh, three. All so right. first off, to start with uh, Zach at Zach Condra did tank. I can't read that last name, but uh. What spot does Malik McDowell play in the league? Does it matter? Does he make sense for the Bengals? He makes a lot of sense for the Bengals. So he makes a lot of sense for the Bengals because that's really the only body type that they look at for DNs, right, is those big, long guys. It's why they, it's why they've stuck with a washed uh, Michael Johnson and Marcus Hunt across from, uh, from Carlos Dunlap for so long. It's because they really have they have a specific version of DNs that they look for, and they're long. Um, it's one reason that Joe Goodberry, who uh, he grades pass rushers with me uh, for the NFL 1000 project on Bleacher Report, he fucking hates it. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, are, I don't know. Do we need to pigeonhole McDowell as an edge because I kind of like him as a guy that you kind of move on. He's like two hundred. He's like two hundred seventy pounds. Like he's a guy. He's a guy who, whatever you were going to play DeForest Buckner at last year is where you're going to play Malik McDowell. You know what I mean? Like whatever whatever your scheme was looking at for DeForest Buckner last year is what you're looking at for Malik McDowell, except for he's better. He's more explosive. Yeah, I just think like I mean, we see Michigan State. Uses I don't like, think you could play him at three. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying like he's too have, long. I'm not saying like you need to play him anywhere like a, like like pigeonhole him. I think. You know, you could kind of use them like Michigan State does. One, three, edge, yeah. five, four, like whatever you kind of need them to do. So I think if you look at teams that kind of run uh, like multiple fronts and kind of flip their defensive line around like Atlanta, Seattle, uh, teams like that, I think I think he makes a lot of sense for those guys where they're kind of playing mix and match along a defensive line based on their matchups. But, yeah, I, I, I like I, – I think he – I don't think you need to pigeonhole him for a specific spot. Because that's what Zach asked, and he definitely makes sense for the, the Bengals because that's a team that needs some juice up front outside of. Yep, and they're they're the the pool of talent that they're looking at is restricted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, next question from Doctor Drug Free. <laughs> <What's> police, the, <laughs> police. What's the best way to go about rebuilding a sorry team like the 49ers? Ooh, poison your owner. Yeah, I, uh, I, and find a quarterback. Kidnap. <laughs> I mean, it's that. It's that it's simple. That simple. I mean, here's here's what I would do. Honestly, like I, I I think I'm in a small minority of people that thinks Colin Kaepernick actually wasn't terrible this year. And what I would do is just load up on defense because you can't you, you can't be competitive with a defense that gives up almost 450 yards per game, which is which is just unbelievably bad. You know, yeah, they, and like they had a stretch earlier this year where they gave up, I think it was ten straight 100 yard rushers. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mean, I'm going, that was one of the Ajayi games. Yeah, it was like Ajayi ripping off runs against San Francisco. So I, I think you just try to load up on defense, just ride it out with Kaepernick another year, and try to figure out something in in the draft or free agency next year because n- no quarterback that you put behind there next season is going to be able to keep pace with the amount of yards and points that the defense gives up. So you're years away. Yeah. You're, 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 you're covered. Like, like Oakland was a couple of years ago where yeah. you might have, you might have to have a GM and you might have to have a, you might have to have that, that, that coach come in. Who is that 
little builder coach and then have another coach in mind down the line to, yeah. for when you guys can actually compete. Yeah, you're, you are very, very far away from being <clears throat> even competitive in your own sorry-ass division. They can't stop the run, and they've spent two. They spent back-to-back first-round picks on five techs. Yeah, and they, and they just inve- They just threw all that money at Navarro Bowman. Yeah, I mean, you you gotta you, you gotta get. There's some growing pains that are about to go through. A like, lot of growing pains. That, that's why one of the things that I get, I did was I gave them um, <clears throat> in that same mock draft. They're they're picking second overall. I gave them Jonathan Allen, even though I don't think Jonathan Allen is worth that much. Uh, I think the NFL is going to value him as that, especially from where he comes from and his production stuff like that, right? Um, but like, just keep just keep adding big bodies. Honestly, just keep adding big bodies until it starts working. Yeah, I mean, they're screwed. So because no, nothing else is going to help. Nothing is going to help a bad team more than adding explosive big bodies on the defensive line because those guys have more impact than anyone other than a quarterback and you don't have that's not a situation where a quarterback can develop right now no right and like getting getting a left tackle that would be super cool except for there's no like good left tackles in this draft right um and also like having a good left tackle doesn't help make up for the fact that the other four spots on the offensive line are troublesome yeah i I think you've got pretty much two Two starters for the long term, and Joe Staley and uh, Josh Garnett on the offensive line, and everyone else can just kind of go. Um, and even like they have just like they had weird piece. So like Garnett came from this is kind of like getting a little lineman talk, right? But like Garnett came from like a power system, and Kelly doesn't really run much. He runs like power and counter, but he doesn't run it that often. Like he's very much like a zone scheme guy. So even then, it was like. They're drafting first-round picks who really don't fucking fit their scheme. And they traded up for Josh Garnett after, like, Chip Kelly had talked about for years about how how overrated the draft was and how you could find guys basically anywhere because he could develop these guys from college, right? But then they end up trading up for a guy who's a bad fit as an interior offensive lineman. And I think Josh Garnett didn't even start the first couple games, right? Uh, I don't think he did, but I thought he was pretty damn good once he got back into the lineup. Yeah. You know know what's funny about – Josh Garnett is the Falcons were really interested in in him with their second round pick, but he obviously went in the first round. So I, I mean, I, I think it's kinda, that offensive line would have been nuts. Yeah, I, I think it's really kind of interesting to see like what what we think teams value in their offensive linemen, and then what they actually go and do. Because when you think about like Atlanta running that wide zone scheme and Josh Garnett being like what six four, three to thirty pounds, kind of like in that range. That, yeah. that was, he was actually super explosive for his size, though. That, yeah. that was one thing where it's like they don't make many of him who can like do what he can do athletically. He just played in a power fucking scheme at Stanford, so you yeah. didn't get to see it often. All right, uh, let's move to the next question uh, from at Drew from Jersey. What edge will be very good that fans hey. slash scouts slash draft Twitter will will say won't be because something idiotic like he has T Rex arms. Uh, Carl Lawson. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That's 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 the easiest one. We're already seeing that where people. Uh, I think it was Charlie Football said that uh, Carl Lawson's like a fourth round pick when Laramie Tunsil said that he was the best talent he had ever seen in the SEC. Yeah, I, I think- Laramie Tunsil, who was a first round pick last year, uh, probably would have been a top five pick if not for a fucking bong mass video that showed up 20 minutes before he was drafted or before the draft. Yeah. Uh, I I think I'm I'm with you. I think Carl Lawson is an absolute stud. I, I you know, I, I think he, he does have short, he literally has short arms. That's fine though. I think yeah. that doesn't matter though because yep. as we've seen and I, I know if we've both harped on on Twitter, one arm is longer than two when you're rushing the passer. And that's kind of how Melvin Ingram has been able to be productive over the years. And uh, you know, Brandon Graham too. Brandon, Brandon Graham. Graham. I think Clay Matthews was hit with that a lot when he was coming out. Yeah, and even like like you see guys like. Uh, when New Orleans sends Sheldon Rankins out to the out to the edge, he uses that uh, that one arm a lot when he's going against taller tackles. So one arm is longer than two. Don't knock an uh, don't knock an edge rusher for short arms if they know what the hell they're doing with their arms. Yep. And Carl Carl Lawson, like the reason that Laramie Tunsil struggled with Carl Lawson wasn't because he was like a crazy athlete, though he is he is he's bursty. I don't know if you would say that he has great bend, right? He's a bursty type of guy, though. 
Um, he can get you out of position with his first like three three to five steps, which is still important. So he, he knows how to land counters too. And he was beating him with like hand technique and stuff. That's the one thing that I think that I thought people were going to hit Carl Lawson with was like you're basically tapped out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now it's like Charlie – like I said, Charlie Football. I think his name's Charlie Campbell um, wrote some stuff for Walter Football and was like – yeah, he's like a fourth round pick to NFL teams. I'm like, I don't even understand how that's possible. Like that was a, that he was a guy who was going to go down to the Senior Bowl because people thought he had graduated, and then he accepted the invite. And then the Senior Bowl was like, wait, you haven't graduated, and if you play in this game, no one in the NFL can come see you because we'll like get hit with some sort of fine. Uh, so they had to pull his thing. Even that that's a really stupid rule, NFL. You yeah. should you should change that. I don't know what they're going to do with that because. Teams are about to have pro days with underclassmen running in them. And yeah. underclassmen aren't declared. So what the fuck are we doing? Let these kids I don't, make I, I don't know how those rules work. Let the kids yeah. make their money. Well, they just started up that uh, – who is it? Brady's Brady's uh, agent or whatever? I can't remember who it was. It's starting oh, up that new league. Yeah, the, 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 the league that's going to take down the NCAA. The league that's going to take it's it's not well. well here's the thing is if you read about like if you go, if you Google like SB Nation Bagman right and you read about like what it really takes to like buy like a four chip or a four star like or a five star like blue chip recruit five grand a year for three years or fifty grand a year for three years mm. you know it, some of these kids get get less than that to go to some of these schools. Um, so I think that if they can get, figure out the funding, that'll be really interesting. And the fact that colleges are basically like, here, we're running tests on guys to show you how athletic they are NFL. And then like, literally they could just like get up and leave and go with one of these, t- these, these, uh, I, I guess they'd be professional teams, right? Yeah. It wouldn't even be semi-pro. Uh, one of these professional teams down in California, I think they said they wanted to start four of them up, uh, that would be a really interesting dynamic because I don't know how the fuck college coaches keep these kids unless they pay them, but that's not going to fucking happen. That's literally not going to happen. No. Like Dabo Sweeney came out and was like, if we start paying kids, I'm going to – like one, I don't believe him because that's a good-ass fucking job that he has, and he likes making that money too, and so does his family. Oh, yeah. Um, so he's, he's not going to quit, but he said if, 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 kids, if kids demanded pay, I would quit because we have entitlement problems already in this country. Yeah. All right, Dabo, sit down, please. I right, Dabo. Yeah. Shouts to him. Shouts to him for winning uh, a national title and proving to us that quarterback play does in fact matter in college football. Because Jalen Hurts stank it up for two weeks. But also, fuck Dabo Swinney for his comments <laughs> about Colin Kaepernick in the flag. What do you say? He, I didn't even know. He he, he kind of had that Harbaugh take where he's like, "Oh, well, if you want, if you don't want to stand for the national anthem, you can just go and go move somewhere else." I was like, "Okay, Dabo." <laughs> so you go know, play for Vanderbilt. Yeah, no, but bro, Harbaugh Harbaugh had like the most problematic Colin Kaepernick take on both sides because he said that, which pissed off people, right? And then he was like, "I wear glasses. This like I wear this style of glasses because of Malcolm X." Yeah, he he went. Yeah, he 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 said that I. He's like I don't respect the action or the motivation, which means you're kind of cool with black kids getting killed by the police, and then you come back and say, "Well, I wear glasses because of Malcolm X." <laughs> Sit down, dude. Yo, it's almost Harbaugh season, bro. Yeah, y'all for, y'all forget about this. It's about to be Harbaugh season for like the next four months. He about he about to be out here sleeping with punters, all sorts of shit. Mm. All right, uh, you want to do, hit one more question before we close it off? Let's do it. Let's kill it. All right, uh, from Derek at Cronwall. In your opinions, is having a solid nickel cornerback more important than having a solid CB2 in the 20, in the NFL now? Uh, I mean, it, it, it kind of depends because yeah, these these a lot of teams they're they're mi- they're like mixing and matching based on matchups. Like yep. I, I know last year when. Uh, when they were kind of tra- when Atlanta was trying to break in uh, Jalen Collins into the starting lineup, they went with the- when they had you know their base under package on the field. They had Trufon at left corner, uh, Robert Alfred at right corner, and then when uh, Jalen Collins came on the field, they would just kick Alfred down to the slot, and then Jalen Collins would play that right outside corner. So yeah, I, I think it's more about Green Bay did that a couple of years ago with uh, uh, Devon House, where Devon House was their third corner, but he was an outside corner, and then they would move Tramal Williams into the slot. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I think having a CB2 that can kind of be flexible and play outside inside is just as, I mean, it, it's just as important as having a solid nickel corner because I think when we think about when when you say this guy's a nickel cornerback, really all that means is that he's the third cornerback on the team. And you kind of have to differentiate from there if he's going to be playing outside or inside. Yeah, there's only two sidelines. Right. So you can't really have three sideline corners. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think what's more important is just not having a fucking hole. Because I yeah. think when you have a hole, that's when you can get attacked. It's the same thing with the offensive line. If you if two of your you know you have three corners right on a field, and two of these guys are locked down in man coverage, and the other one's garbage, you know what's happening? That the, the receiver you know you're getting you're getting a touchdown scored on you because one dude wasn't locked down. It's the same thing with the offensive line. When we talk about uh, positions of prevention and position positions of creation, where offensive line and DB are very much prevention, where it's like if one person fucks up, that's gonna fuck up everything. Yeah, like it's it's more important to be consistent at those positions than it is to be a creator or something. Unless you're like Sam Shields somehow, who can't cover a fucking double move, but had I think coming into this year he had more interceptions than anyone since he had entered the NFL, other than Richard Sherman. I miss you, Sam. Come back. <laughs> he just got hit with that charge, though, didn't he? With the uh, weed charge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Sam Shields, they they were like, yo. Sam Shields get weed sent to him in the fucking mail. We're going to go to his house. And he answered it, and he had, like, a fucking blunt in his hand. <laughs> and, like, a phone in the other one. It was like, oh, yeah, come in. And then, like, one of his homies was like, that's my, that's my weed that he was smoking. <laughs> yeah. For so, I have no idea how this shit happens because, like, motherfuckers love to tell stories about Brett Favre, right? And, like, yo, he was behind the bar, like, pouring everyone drinks. Like, if we would have lived in the social media age, man, Brett Favre would not have been able to exist in Green Bay. But all these damn Packers keep getting hit with weed charges. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck that is happening. So, people aren't careful. Be safe. All right. Uh, so we'll, let's end it there. That was the uh, seventh episode of the Seventy Edge Podcast. Uh, let's see. I mean, draft season's about to come up. Do you have anything that you want to uh, plug, Justice, before we end it? Oh, just keep reading our stuff on on Bleacher Report. I think next time we do this, uh, we're it's going to be a day late. Because Chuck isn't coming to Mobile until Monday. Monday. I'm gonna be there on Sunday, so we'll talk. And I, I like I said, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna miss the game because I'm gonna be on a damn flight trying to get there. Uh, so I, we probably can't talk about it on Sunday night. So we will probably won't have our next episode posted until Tuesday. But it'll be me and you again, and we'll probably just do it by ourselves or pull Derek in, yeah, pull or Derek something, in. And yeah. Then, yeah, and then we'll 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 find some fun shit to do for Senior Bowl. We'll probably give you guys a couple podcasts. Yeah. All right. So, uh, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week, sometime next week, uh, live from the Senior Bowl. We'll yes, sir. Probably post some uh, videos up on our uh, Twitter account at Setting Edge of Practices and stuff. And we're, oh wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before before we end this, every single person in this, go at Josh. Uh, uh, Josh Norris. Okay, go go into Josh Norris's mentions right now. His at is Josh Norris. Don't tell him you guys were sent from us. Okay, no one can tell him where this, these people came from. No, but we need every single one of you to get into his mentions and ask him what his favorite drink is because we're doing a podcast with him in Mobile. He cannot curve us anymore. Oh yeah, we're we're, we're gonna we're so, gonna hunt him down and uh, do a podcast with him. So yeah. so y'all y'all gotta know what the we gotta know what drink to get, but we need to know by you guys just invading and ruining his mentions. Just every single one of you going in and just just ask him exact wording. Josh, what is your favorite drink? <laughs> That's it. That's all we need from you guys. That's all we've asked for you. We've made seven free episodes for you guys, and that's the only thing we've asked from you oh, guys. Yes. We believe in you. We believe in you. All right, so yeah, we'll be back next week with a few episodes from Mobile. Uh, uh, let's sign off here. This is Charles McDonald. You can find me on Twitter at 4Verts. My lovely co-host, Justice Mosqueda, at Jumosk on Twitter. That's at J-U-M-O-S-Q on Twitter. And we'll be back live from Mobile with uh, some talk about practice and hopefully bullying Josh Norris for coming on with us. So thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. <laughs>